I started sharing like behind the scenes of how I would make the resources on my Instagram stories, which is where I live. I love sharing stories. <laughs> and so teachers started to ask me a little, how did you do this? How do you make this? And so I was like, oh, maybe I can teach them how to make it. And so my plan at the time was to do a free Zoom call, just people, they could hop on and learn. And one of my colleagues like responded and she was like, you better charge for that. And so that's really when the light bulb hit. I'm like, really? You think people would pay? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast for anyone who has been known as that teacher. That teacher who is always dreaming up new ideas. That teacher who has an Instagram account. That teacher who goes on TikTok to share the latest teaching trends. That teacher who isn't afraid to try new things. We're Megan and Alyssa, and we were both known as that teacher before we started our ed tech company, Pop PD. If you're an educator who's been looking for something more, more opportunities to lead, grow, and inspire others, we are here to show you the newest pathways to leadership for modern educators. We'll interview teachers who have taken their leadership beyond the four walls of their classroom to become thought leaders in the online space. You'll hear about the ups and downs of their experience sharing their educator journey online, and we hope you'll be inspired and re-energized by their unique stories. We're joined on today's episode by Asia Hines, who you may know as the sassy teacher on Instagram. She gives us a scoop on how she went from only publishing free resources to talking herself into figuring out a marketing strategy and a monetization strategy and showing up as her authentic self in the online space. Asia helps us understand in this episode how to use both TikTok and Instagram as part of your strategy, if you want to, to show up for your people and share your experiences and expertise, even if you're a little scared to get started. She drops all the tips on how to show up consistently on Instagram to connect with your community, and she chats about the importance of balancing spontaneity with strategy on the socials. Enjoy this episode. If you've ever been stuck in a room for a couple of hours, maybe there are no windows, maybe there's no food, feels like a real nightmare, stuck there learning about a topic that you really never even were interested in when it comes to your teaching. Unfortunately, that is the traditional way for professional development. And even if you're lucky enough to get a wonderful professional development experience, it's probably really hard to remember or implement anything you learned in that training because you have so much to do. At Pop PD, we are planning to take a lot of that off of your plate and make your job easier and more fun with our peer learning platform and knowledge hub for K-12 educators. We make it really easy to access, organize, and implement your favorite teaching strategies and resources that you find online. Plus, you can connect with other like-minded educators inside of our community and work on projects together that get you excited about teaching. Our platform is being developed right now. You can check out the first version of our platform at poppd.co, or you can get on the waiting list for the new and most exciting version of our platform at poppd.co slash waiting list. We're going to be letting people onto the new version of the platform a little at a time. So if you get on that waiting list now, you'll be one of the first to try the newest version of our platform. Welcome, Asia, to the That Teacher podcast. You are the sassy teacher, the sassy math teacher, and we're excited to dig into how this side hustle has been going for you and how you found your pathway to sharing your thoughts and ideas online. So 
I'd love to jump right in and just hear more about how you um, got to this place with your side hustle. If anybody wants to listen to her story about her teaching and her strategies and what she rocks at in the classroom, go listen to the extracurricular podcast. But on the side hustle side, when was the moment you knew, hey, I'm a math teacher and I think I have something to share here and I think I want to do it online? (laughs) (laughs) So I actually started online technically with an Instagram. I think everyone had a teacher Instagram back in the day and Mm -hmm. and it was just grown. So I started my page when I was just a student teacher. So in 2016, I started sharing online and I was just sharing what we were doing in the classroom after that, when I actually got my first classroom. And one day a fellow Instagram teacher commented on one of my posts and she was like, I'm not sure why you haven't blown up yet. You share such great tips. And so that one comment kind of kept me going because at the time, I don't know, I probably had a hundred followers for a while. It was a really slow growth process on Instagram. So yeah, it's been a long time in the making. Were you trying to grow at that point or were you, you, I think it's kind of impossible to grow when you're just sharing and you don't really have that intentionality behind it because there's a little bit of, you're kind of keeping yourself back a bit. Like, was there a point at which you said, you know what, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to grow this thing. It was at that comment. Absolutely. That's what started it. And um, then I would say 2020 rolled around because like you said, I was just trying to share tips. I didn't really plan on growing and I could have never imagined that it would be where it is now because that just wasn't in my view. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so 2020 rolled around. We all had more time and I started to see some ads about teachers having businesses. And I was like, hmm, outside of TPT. And I'm like, what is this? And so with that, it showed me, you know, the path to TPT, which was having a blog and having an email list, things that I truly would have never thought to have is where it all started. Once I started to see other people doing it and that led me to do it too. It's like, if they can do it, so can I. Yes, exactly. And how did you monetize? Like, how did you decide how to monetize? Were you, were you just like, let me do TPT because that's what I know. Where did you start? That's where I started. Yeah. So I actually started a TPT store. I'm not sure when, but whenever it started, I think maybe it was 2018. Everything was free. I started sharing just classroom decor. So I was making posters for my classroom um, and like different things for like classroom uh, management. So like, you know, the rules and, you know, what to do in different situations. So stuff like that. Uh, Motivational posts. So that was my first thing. And they were all free because I had the mindset that no one would actually spend money on things because I also didn't like to spend money on TBT. I usually went straight to the free things. So I assumed everyone would think like me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when everything shut down in 2020, that's when I started actually making more math resources um, because of the whole digital aspect. We needed things that were digital and everything I could find was related to Google. And I'm at a Microsoft school. And so I had to learn through (laughs) trial and error how to make digital resources. And once I mastered that, I decided I would list them for sale because other teachers needed it. And at the time, I again, I still had that mindset that no one would want to pay. So I started them really low. They were $2 each. And I actually included digital resources with printable. So it was all like a little jumbo, combo deal rather. And yeah, that's where I started with TPT. How did you get over that hump of like, people won't pay for this. I'm going to make it free. I'm going to make it $2. I assume that still wasn't adding up to very much money. So when did you get over the hump of like, okay, it's time to raise my prices. 
Right. So this is a little bit of a tangent, but I started sharing like behind the scenes of how I would make the resources on my Instagram stories, which is where I live. I love sharing stories. <laughs> and so teachers started to ask me, well, how did you do this? How do you make this? And so I was like, oh, maybe I can teach them how to make it. And so my plan at the time was to do a free Zoom call, just people make it hop on and learn. And one of my colleagues like responded and she was like, you better charge for that. And so that's really when the light bulb hit. I'm like, really? You think people would pay (laughs) to learn? And so that really helped me in the slow growth of charging just a little and then like upping it. So most of my resources now are at least $3 um, and up on TPT. But yeah, just that comment from a colleague really is what solidified that my, you know, knowledge was worth, worth the money. My gosh, I have so many thoughts on this. Megan, you have a similar story, right? When you started your business? Yeah, just, you know, you get one comment from someone and it's funny how that kind of changes everything when it it just had, you have that light bulb, like, oh, maybe, or what if, you know, like it's, I think it's letting yourself be open to those opportunities, right? Like you started Instagram, you were kind of putting yourself out there, but you weren't so sure. I love that you kind of just started, right? You were excited. You were passionate. You just kind of went with something that felt exciting and interesting to you. And then you got that positive feedback and you said, oh, people like this. I can do something with it. And then it led to something else. And so it's kind of neat how you took those little cues. Obviously, it's nice to get compliments. Good to kind of feel like, oh, people like my stuff. Yeah. You kind of use that to say, all right, well, someone's really interested in this or someone's kind of saying charge for that. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. Like I'm going to I'm going to listen to that one person and I'm just going to try it. I think especially too, because you said, you know, you assumed people would be like you and just like not want to pay or only look for the free stuff. And I think it's an important reminder that as much as you, you know, math teachers, right? Like you, you know, teachers, you know, math teachers, you are one, you have that understanding of your audience, of your customer. There's also like different behaviors or like, you know, people are willing to kind of do different things. So being open to try, change your prices, tweak things a little bit. It's kind of, it's great to, to hear how you've kind of been open to like, all right, let me kind of change this thing and see how it goes. And it seems like it's really kind of helped your business evolve over time. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I think my, my thinking on that is, first of all, I was a teacher who opened my wallet willingly for anything that was going to save me time. Like if I went on TPT and there was something that was going to, I could print and go, I will pay for that because it's so valuable. It's literally my time. But I think also there's this, you know, you know, we could go down the whole rabbit hole. But as teachers, I think we feel this this pressure to be like all giving. And it's just not, that would not be expected in any other career. It If you are putting in work, you would be paid for it. So I think it's really important to recognize that if you're putting in work and time, your time is valuable and people will pay for it. Not every person and that's okay. But those who see value in it will pay for it. And I think an easy place to start for listeners who are like, yeah, you know what? You're right. My prices are all really low. Start with like your best selling thing, whether that's a thing on TPT or, you know, you have a course or whatever. It's your best seller. You already know that's valuable. People have purchased it. They value it. Raise it by just a little bit and see how it goes. And if it goes okay, then keep going until you get to your ideal price. But like being able to sort of just do that slowly, I think is the best way that you've got to just test. You you don't know until you try. And in, if you don't try, then you're just assuming people won't pay and you're really undercutting yourself and your value. Yep. As a whole, I just, I can't not get on my soapbox. <laughs> I'm so glad you're charging now. And I yes, hope you up too. some of those $3 products. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. <laughs> All right. So 
one of the other things that you touched on is like you love Instagram and you love sharing on stories and you are amazing on video. A lot of our listeners are not feeling that way. I know I don't feel that way. So can you give us some of, let me, we don't have this question on kind of our question list, but I would love to dig in. Like, how can we keep up with stories? Stories for me are really hard to keep up with because I feel like sometimes, you know, nobody wants to see my picture of my coffee Nobody cares what I had for breakfast. So how do you decide what to share there? And how do you stay consistent with Instagram stories? That's a great question. So I'm really spontaneous when it comes to stories. It could just be me making my morning coffee and talking to the camera. And usually I try not to overthink it uh, because I realize most of the things that I love watching are just everyday things. Just seeing people do the normal things that we all do. So just keeping it simple, you know, teacher talk right before, you know, I start working on my business in the mornings or quickly going over what I did in my classroom that day or a funny story. And what else? I love using the Instagram features where it's like a poll. So I use Instagram stories often to get feedback from my audience of, you know, what are you teaching right now? What are you teaching next? Um, Do you know about this? Have you ever tried this? Yes or no? Just quick engagement things. Not only to like, you know, engage with my followers, but also for the algorithm, because it will hide your stories if people are engaging with them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, to stay consistent, just keep it simple. Just, you know, be a regular person. Don't overthink it and just talk. And I know that's nerve wracking because I've heard from teachers too, like, you know, putting that camera up and actually talking into it just seems difficult. Like no one would be interested, but I'm like, that's what you do all day. You talk. <laughs> and so it's just in front of a camera. So just yeah. act like you're talking to a friend. It's FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> I want to pull out one of the things you said there, which I think is a great place to start, which is you started thinking about what you liked mm-hmm. in stories. So this yeah. is a great homework assignment for anyone who's feeling reluctant about showing up. It's like, okay, your homework is to actually just consume some stories, right? Mm-hmm. Sit down, spend some time really looking through a bunch of people's stories. What do you find yourself really enjoying? What do you find yourself drawn to? Maybe tapping back on what kind of surveys are you even engaging with? Starting to get a sense of what you might like could give you that confidence. Well, I kind of enjoy stories like this. Maybe someone else would like something that's similar, right? Yeah. Or even as you said, you know, a lot of people have that feeling of, oh, I don't want to like kind of flip the camera and have people see my face. Maybe it is just then a shot of your kitchen or your, I mean, for me, it was my dog, right? That was my go-to, right? Like who, who doesn't want to see my cute dog? <laughs> Things like that, just a, kind of a place to start, right? Like, like to kind of build up your confidence with a couple, maybe see how you get those reactions come in. I'm sure people, some people will comment and love the little things. I always want to know what somebody, I'm nosy, right? Like, what did you have for breakfast? Like, what are, what are you doing over there? Right. Um, <laughs> that's fun to get a sneak peek, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. You mentioned that before as being really pop- popular for you. So I think it's kind of reframing and thinking about little ways that you can kind of just dip your toe in could be a good way to start and, and maybe build that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and r- write them down, like write down. I liked the funny story. I like the poll about XYZ because if you can create like a little mini routine for yourself, that's what I have to do. So my routine is like one breakfast, like coffee, a coffee shot in the morning, just like a picture um, that says good morning or like from wherever I am this morning, I was sitting on the porch. So like a picture of my coffee on the, wherever my coffee is, that's my first story. And then it's like, I do try to do a funny story and Asia, I, I think that I would be curious to know, and now I want to watch your stories. Is there like always a, is there a place where you are all, you're like, I'm in my kitchen, I'm going to record my story. Like, is there a a physical trigger or you just like whenever you think of it? 
Yeah. So triggers. Yes, the coffee. And so, you know, in front of my Nespresso in my kitchen. And then yeah. my other trigger is at my desk at work. So I'll set yeah. my thing up. Um, I mean, my phone on like my, uh, what is the little spinny thing? It's like an organizer for my pencils. And so oh, I know what you're talking about. There. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's my really my trigger. Like, oh, it's lunchtime. Let's talk about lunch or talk about right. something funny that has happened so far today. <laughs> yeah. So it could be a plate. Mine is my car and my kitchen if okay. it's clean. If there's dirty dishes, I don't usually do it. <laughs> I put it at a different angle, but yeah, yeah. Those physical triggers and then also knowing kind of what kinds of things. So always, I always try to also share if I'm on a meeting like this, actually, you know what, for accountability, I break up my phone right now. When I'm on a zoom, I try to take a quick picture to show like, here's who I'm hanging out with today. Yeah. But it's been harder. It's been harder for me since I work from home that I'm not like at school. Mm-hmm. At school, I would always get caught by a custodian or something though recording a story has that ever happened to you oh, get out like, and i'll even have the door locked there? and they'll unlock it and it's like oops <laughs> i like that you have i think that what you guys are talking about is a great idea that idea of physical triggers or like mm-hmm. routine triggers in your day um but asia i like that you even just mentioned you have a, a space like in, on your desk which is not made for holding a phone but like you're like that's my story spot i mean you could even you know if someone is maybe trying to encourage themselves to do it more you get a little post it and write you know stories on there Ooh. stick it on that spot on your desk yeah. and just like try you know okay this is where my phone goes i'm gonna record my quick you know one to two stories for the day and i mean i i think that example of sitting at your desk and being in your classroom I, uh, to me i know as a teacher i would love to see that you know different people at their desks mentioning something from their day or even just kind of checking in and saying hi that's that's a really cool routine to have i like that one a lot yeah speaking of teaching and side hustling how do you fit it all in when do you work break it down for us Good so basically I wake up every day at five um, and by six o'clock I'm making my coffee. Well, 545 I'm making my coffee and six o'clock I'm at my desk. So my hours are technically like six to eight a.m. in the morning because my school starts later. I have to be there between 820, 845, depending on the day. So those two hours in the mornings and then usually in the afternoon, I'm too tired to do anything. But when I do anything after work, it is for social media. So that's when I usually find the energy to actually plan out my posts for the night. Because according to Instagram, like my best engagement time is like 8 p.m. Actually 9 p.m., but I'm asleep definitely by 9 p.m. So if I don't schedule it, then I'll post it at 8. And so I can do that while I'm just sitting on the couch, you know, listening to the TV. So I'll plan out my social posts at night. But outside of during the week, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. Um, I'm trying to set a boundary on that because uh, I'll start as early as like 6 a.m. on the weekends and work forever. Because the thing is, I think you mentioned this in a podcast one time, Alyssa, where it's like, I love my business. Like it's fun, like crafting things. So it doesn't feel like work. So I can do it for hours. Yes. And so it's kind of like a treat almost like, oh, I have this free time. I can work today. Uh-huh. And so... Yeah, that's Saturdays and Sundays. I try to cut it off. I'm trying to cut it off by like 11 a.m. so I can actually enjoy my weekend, but I could do it all day. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> we, we talk about that all the time. Like it's it, it's our creative outlet. It's our, we love it. If you didn't love it, you wouldn't be doing it. And so some part of you really, uh, for me, honestly, on a Friday night, as lame as this sounds, I'm either watching reality TV, like some of the worst reality TV show you can think of. Or I'm working because I like it and I like it. And that's what I would like to be doing. And sometimes people invite me to places and I'm thinking, hmm, how can I get out of that so I can do some more work? 
That's like embarrassing. It's an illness. <laughs> I, I like what you mentioned there, though, about like kind of finding your rhythm. So you said you're usually like too tired after, after the school day. And like sometimes you do some stuff on the couch, but like really that morning space is kind of your core work time. I think a lot of people probably heard 5 a.m. or that you work. <laughs> you work before you go to work mm-hmm. and probably were thinking what I could never do that but you've paid attention right to, I'm sure you've kind of maybe tried a couple different routines or schedules or oh I can't do this in the morning and maybe I'll sleep in but then you don't get it done later in the day you got to pay attention to that rhythm right like you know did you develop that over time or was that something that you know you kind of have always been an early riser you knew that would work for you like that's a you know it's a great schedule you have you know really kind of to to carve out that time for your, for yourself and your business. Yeah. I think being self-aware is really important. So I know for me, I'm at my best in the mornings, early mornings. And that's just when my, you know, creative juices are really flowing. That's when my focus is the best. And I wanted to give that time to my business because I know it needs it. And so if I'm writing a blog post or, you know, anything that requires a lot of brain power, I know that it'll be the best quality if I do it in the morning versus after work where I'm exhausted and I'm not creative and I'm quite frankly lazy. And so the product would be lazy because that's how I am. But I know nighttime works a lot for a lot of people. So it just depends on what works best for you as a teacher business owner. (laughs) Yeah. When do you record your reels? I I definitely want to like dig in for the part we always on this podcast kind of dig into one part of business that, well, this one, I, I identified that you're really good at. I was was like, you have to talk to us about reels. I don't care. You're talking to us about reels, but I think you're, it's a real strong suit of yours. And it's very hard for a lot of us to do this short form video and sort of jump onto this trend, but you do it so well. So if you could just start by kind of walking us through like, what's your routine around that? Are you planning it in the morning and then recording in the afternoon? How are you going about that process? So I'm organized in a lot of ways in my business, but when it comes to my reels, not so much. So I've tried batching where I'll film, like I'll see a trending audio, I'll save it. And then I'll think, or I'll write it down in my notes, like a way that I can use it. So I'll, but that doesn't always happen. But in a perfect world, I would take a note um, and actually include a link to the trending audio on my phone uh, with an idea for how to use it. And then I would share it when it was actually relevant. Um, But usually I'll see a trending audio. If the lighting is good, I will film right then if I haven't, you know, gotten too comfortable for the day. Because usually my filming either happens, it definitely happens after work. Yeah, because I have no service in my classroom and I wouldn't be able to see the trending audios (laughs) anymore. But that happens after work as long long as the sun hasn't set too far yet and I can get good lighting. Um, But it's spontaneous usually. I'll have ideas spur of the moment and I'm the type that I can't wait usually to post it. Um, So it's like, "Mm, I got to find a way to use this today with whatever most recent blog post I have or just something random to share to engage with my audience. Um, But it's really not structured. But I would recommend that teachers try to be structured. The nice thing about Reels is that you can have a greater reach with them when you use trending audio so you can reach teachers from all over. But yeah, try to have a plan. I don't have much of a plan, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately. I don't either. I I do feel like with short form video, part of the the draw is like that it is random. It is spontaneous, kind of like stories. I don't think it was like that in the beginning. Instagram was still pretty curated 
TikTok, uh, so Instagram reels were still pretty curated for a while. And then TikTok came along, which is completely the opposite. Like you're going to roll out of bed, you're in your pajamas, you have no makeup on, and you're going to record a video and it's going to blow up because that's what people love to see. And I feel like Instagram is kind of coming around now where it's like the less curated is still good, but also people love a good curated video. So it has to be a little spontaneous, but I... I think that even though you're spontaneous in your recording and your choosing of trending audio, I you're not spontaneous in the strategy. So mm-hmm. to walk us through, like, what's the strategy behind what you're saying in your videos? Because you're very strategic about, like, what's the purpose of this video? Mm, okay, so I think this idea is probably popular in like the social media world, but um, I learned to do three E's basically. So either it's entertaining, um, it's educational, or it's engaging. Um, so it's like an engaging post would be something where it's like the call to action would be to comment something. Yeah. So that helps with the engagement. And then entertaining is just something relatable, something that other teachers can relate to. And those are the ones that really do the best because teachers are sharing them. So when it's something that teachers relate to, they like, oh, let me post that to my story and you know, add a little word into it if they choose to. Um, but that's my thing. I try to keep to those strands. And again, in a perfect world, I would do like one of each type a week. So like three posts dedicated to entertaining, educating and engaging. Uh, but it doesn't always work out perfectly like that. But I do usually try to have some kind of mission. Either it's to make a sale or have someone join my email list, whatever it may be, or just to connect to. So, yeah. Yeah. The educate, like you're just doing like a quick tip or a value, like something valuable. Yeah. Sorry. Skip that. Yeah. Just teaching them something. And the thing is I have like two different audiences. So it's the math teachers and then, well, I guess maybe three math teachers, teachers looking to, you know, increase engagement in their classrooms and then the ones who want to create resources. So it's usually one of those strands with my education and, I do a lot of like time lapses. So it'll be like beginning to end of me creating a resource. And I find that those are popular Um, or just like a quick tip that you can do in PowerPoint or Google slides. Mm -hmm. I love a good time lapse. And I think that behind the scenes type action stuff can feel hard in the moment or you sometimes forget that may be another thing to like set a reminder when you're sitting down to work. Right. But those are always so cool. It's always really fun to see someone create something. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a transformation post. People love before and after. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I'm really relieved that B-roll is, is seeing its time right now because I find that much easier. Set up the camera Record yourself doing something. And if you don't do it on time lapse, just record a regular video and then speed it up. And it's kind of like time lapse, only just a little bit slower. So it could be a shorter thing. Like, for example, this morning I did one pouring my coffee. If you did that on time lapse, it would be almost no video at all. I would have to do a longer thing. But if you just record and then speed it up times two, now you've got this lovely little B-roll and then you could put some text over it and some trending audio and boom good to go. A text could be literally anything. So you could do a session where you are recording B-roll and then a session where you're finding trending audio and the topic. And then just, oh, you're like, oh, well, I already have B-roll. I can throw that over. Perfect. This combo of spontaneity and planning, I feel like works really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Do you it sounds think- like you've gotten more, oh, sorry, Alyssa, you, you've gotten yeah, more confident over time, even. Obviously, you started and you were kind of excited to start from the beginning. But do you also feel like maybe some of your spontaneity and casualness with it is just you're so comfortable with the format at this point? You've been I using think- it for quite some time. Yeah, I think so, for sure. And also just seeing it as an experiment to see what works and what doesn't. Um, and there's a, it well, was a trending audio on TikTok a while back. And I actually just recently shared it to my story again, but it's a quote that says your fear of looking stupid is holding you back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the main things that keeps people from, you know, filming. Cause it was like, well, people are going to judge me. My hair is not perfect. I look, you know, not great today, but people don't really care. Some of my best performing things are the ones where I'm like, well, there's one in particular I had like a face mask on and I was literally, it's just that typing one, for whatever reason, that typing sound mm. really <laughs> travels. And people it, like, too. Yeah. Right? it takes two seconds to film. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Just don't overthink it. Um, yeah. Truly, none of us really know what we're doing, but you get more confident as you do it. So start somewhere. It'll get easier. Yeah. The only yeah. way to get more confident is to do it over and over and over. I think back on my first story that I ever recorded, I, it was bad. So bad. Yeah, what do you see as like, uh, you mentioned TikTok. I do have another question I want to go back to, which is around like having multiple topics and audiences and how you handle that. But I also want to know um, before we dig into that, TikTok, like, do you see a, a difference between what you're doing on Instagram reels versus what you're doing on TikTok as far as like strategy or how you're showing up there, or are you literally showing up the same way in both places? Yeah, for whatever reason, TikTok is a lot less pressure, in my opinion, than Instagram. TikTok, I feel comfortable sharing whatever. It could be just, like I said, like anything, like stuff that is on my story, basically. So I think someone actually recommended that. So treat TikTok like your stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes I'll just either repurpose what I've Posted on my story to TikTok or just do something in a similar format. And that keeps it simple. Like you don't really feel that pressure of having the perfect um, feed on TikTok. But also, well, it's changed since then, but your caption could only be a certain number of characters. And that really took the weight off. Like, oh, I don't have to type out a caption. This is simple. I'm just add some hashtags and go on with my day. Yeah. So do you still do a long caption on your Instagram reels? It depends what it is. Um, if it's something where I'm really trying to teach something, it'll be longer. But if it's just like an engaging post, it won't be. Yeah, it won't be at all. <laughs> is your hashtag strategy different on each platform? Hmm, yes, because mainly on TikTok, I use like the TikTok for teachers uh, or, or teachers of TikTok. Or because I know you can search on TikTok a lot easier than you can on Instagram, I'll make sure I include like, what I'm talking about. Yeah. In addition to actually having it on the screen. So the SEO of TikTok can pick up on what I'm saying. Uh, I do find that to be a a big help with being um, seen on the For You page of TikTok. But uh, Instagram, yeah, it just, it depends. It depends. It varies. So how do you handle, then I'll go back to the other question and I'd love to know your answer for both platforms because I, I have a feeling it's a little bit different on TikTok. How do you handle those three different audience types, three different really like businesses within your business almost? How do you handle that on Instagram and how do you handle it on TikTok? Well, I don't know if I really handle it. I just recently posted like, can you tell me which of these buckets you fall into? Because I'm trying to be more, you know, intentional uh, with sharing. And I've realized that teachers are pretty much interested in whatever 
is education related because it's adaptable. Like um, we were talking on the extracurricular podcast mm-hmm. about, you know, how one the mild, medium, spicy can work for any, you know, content. And so a lot of teachers just adapt it to what fits them if it's something that's math related. So I don't. If you didn't listen really to the podcast, she's referring to a strategy where you give kids various levels of worksheets and call them mild, medium, or spicy, and they get to pick their own. Yeah. So that applies to any, really anything that you want to apply to as far as education. I like that you're not overthinking it. I actually think sometimes when you have multiple business models or multiple audiences, you totally over, I know I do. I want to show up on TikTok so badly. I actually consume TikTok at a ridiculous rate, but I don't like posting. And I think part of it is because I'm overthinking what I post. Like sometimes I want to post something about parenting, but then I'm like, well, that's not my niche. Well, I don't have anything to sell because I'm so trained on the way that Instagram works, which is much more, I th- it used to be re- more regimented as like, what's your messaging? But for TikTok, it's sort of like, well, what's my purpose? It's to show up like I would in my stories. So then it makes sense that I would have more of a mishmash of life. And even in your bio in TikTok could be like the life of blah, blah, blah to like encompass more of that. Whereas on Instagram, you could have more of that strategic. This is my call to action for this person. I'm going to, you know, talk about this particular thing. I think TikTok could be a little more laid back. Agreed. hundred percent. I guess it's time for me to show up. Do it. Do it. Do it scared. Don't overthink. Just start. (laughs) You know what's scary is the darn people over there are so mean. Yeah, they can be. They can be. And that was my fear too. When something goes viral, you will inevitably have some haters. But engagement is engagement, right? (laughs) (laughs) I block it out. But I will say it's definitely more positive than bad. Yeah, truly. It's 100% more positive. Yeah. Yeah. I guess on Instagram, I feel like it's my my like audience of my people. And so yeah. if I mess up or make a mistake, they don't care. And they'll just tell me like, hey, you know, you got something on your shirt, Alyssa. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. There's a bat in the cave. I'm like, okay, thanks. I'll delete that one. <laughs> Fun fact, Megan's not on TikTok. <gasps> wow. You must have so much free time. I'm not actually an entire social. I'm not on Instagram anymore either. I'm a total oh social media dropout. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a weirdo. I used to be on Instagram a lot, stepped away from that. And I've never um, gone into the TikTok. And Alyssa will say to me, you should go on. You'll love it. And I say to her, that's the problem. I know yeah. I'll love it. And I won't get off of it. So it's a little bit of a like, don't have a one bite of the cookie because you're not going to be able to prevent yourself from eating the whole box. So <laughs> true. But yeah, it's a it's a different a different approach, you know. And I think it's um, I obviously learned so much about marketing and social media from Alyssa and from all of you, you know, teacher entrepreneurs doing your thing and dabbled in it myself. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot to do, and so it's really helpful to hear all these. I think it's a lot of mindset shifts. I feel like we talked about today, like all these like little kind of pieces of how to frame things. I really like what you said before about a lot of things being experiments. I think that's a cool way to think about it. Um, just kind of getting started, those little pieces. Um, and then also just, you just got to kind of keep going. You just got to try yeah. things. You just got to, you know, have your routines and encourage yourself to just be loose with it and, and put yourself out there. So if if that's what you're looking to do, you're looking to build a business, you're looking to, you know, kind of explore and dabble. I think some really good things came out of today to kind of help encourage people who are maybe feeling a little more reluctant, but really do want to do, really do at their core want to put themselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's that combination of being you have to be spontaneous because you have to be willing to experiment and test and put yourself out there and try something because these platforms change every single day. We have new platforms. We have new 
air quote, rules on the platforms. You have to be willing to change and test. But you also need the strategy. You can't just be going at it completely randomly because then you're not going to make any money. So you have to have a little bit of both. And that can be really tricky sometimes. So uh, we totally appreciate all of your advice. And let's jump into the lightning round. All right. So what is, uh, you know, one of your favorite business resources, like a book, a podcast, maybe something that kind of helps give you that inspiration? All right. So podcasts are definitely my go-to. I was so sad when the Teacher Hustle podcast ended. I look forward to it every Monday. Uh, <laughs> but now for my marketing, um, like so many people, I listen to Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield. Yes. Go-to. Yes. All right. Favorite social media platform? Instagram. Even though TikTok is right behind it, I consume more t- uh, content on TikTok, but I love the connections and internet friends that I have on Instagram. It's like a little community. Mm-hmm community on Instagram. Yeah. But just a little tip and I know we're in the lightning round, but visibility on TikTok community on Instagram. So if you are on TikTok, I want your call to action to be go to my Instagram and then you can, you can build your smaller community there. You will never get community on TikTok unless they change their platform. I might go back on that, but TikTok for visibility and reach Instagram for community. Okay. Different platforms for different things. (laughs) Yes. All right. Last question of our lightning round is what's the best piece of business advice you've received or something that you repeat to yourself often? Okay. So two things here. There's enough room for everyone on the playground and then you can't grow unless you're uncomfortable. Mm. Yep. Did you ever have feelings in, in the beginning of like, there's already other people like talking about this thing, doing this thing? 100%, especially with math. Uh, There are a lot of math uh, TPT stores on Instagram, um, TPT. And so I was like, well, what do I have that's different besides, you know, being Virginia SOLs? What is, you know, going to make me stand out? So I had to get over that hump too. Yeah, we need many voices, many ideas. Voice is always better. Yeah. This was so great. Thank you for sharing all of your secrets and tips and tricks, both on the extracurricular podcast and on this podcast, especially with video. Um, If you're listening, definitely go check Asia out. She kills it on video. Very inspirational. I'm definitely going to go watch your stories, try to get some inspiration over there. Um, Can you just share a little bit about where listeners can connect with you and maybe also um, shout out your program too about making resources? Because I feel like this audience might really need that. Yes. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at the sassy teacher and on TikTok, I'm the sassy math teacher. Um, and the program that Alyssa mentioned is called resources made easy. And that uh, program, I teach teachers how to build resources from scratch so that they don't have to in the future. So they can use templates um, and do it even quicker. So I'll walk you through how to use PowerPoint and Google slides and a little bit of Canva in there for graphic design. Mm. So we make it easy for you. You definitely have an eye for that stuff. Really, really inspirational. So thank you. All right. We will see you all on the next episode of That Teacher Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Asia. Thank you. If you had a light bulb moment during this episode or thought of an idea to share, join us inside our podcast community to tell us your thoughts on both the extracurricular and that teacher podcast. We have a space for you to comment and chat with one another about each episode. We'll also pop in with a fun question every Sunday night, like, what's your most embarrassing teaching moment? We believe that sharing our experiences as educators is what keeps us moving, learning, and experiencing more of a sense of connection. 
You can join us inside the community to access all the podcast episodes, bonus content, and discussion prompts at poppd.co slash podcast. If you have 